Hi, and welcome to another episode of Other Record Labels. This is Scott. Today, we have a, a great episode with Forged Artifacts. Um, you know, these guys are, Matt's really involved online with social media and um, connecting with other labels and kind of fostering a bit of a community and something that I noticed months ago and, and, and a lot in the past year. And, and immediately he was um, a label that I wanted to connect with. And he actually was somebody that I connected with right at the very beginning of starting this podcast. And he was game. And um, it just took us a bit of a while to get together. And we did. And it's a great conversation. I'm excited for you to hear it. Um, Forged Artifacts um, have bands like Lawn, which is really big right now. Uh, Bill Waters was a great record from earlier this year, I think. And then Los Angeles Police Department, which a lot of you would know. Uh, they're an excellent band. I want you to check out their band camp and I'll give links at the end of the episode. I also want to say real quick about, um, a shout out to, uh, work hard playlist hard who are helping out the podcast. Um, please check out their ebook, which, um, kind of demystifies the streaming world and, and, and gives you a bit of information on how to get onto to streaming platforms. Check it out at ebook.otherrecordlabels.com and use the coupon code other that's ebook.otherrecordlabels.com and use the coupon code other so you're on central time yeah i'm uh in south minneapolis oh okay i yep. guess i i don't really know anything about like minnesota i don't know anything about minnesota i don't know anyone that's not from minnesota in the states probably thinks that we're a lot like canada so that's funny <laughs> Well, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Actually, I I would think like like you and and like Wisconsin would be like kind of like could could be Canadian provinces. Yeah, I mean we get a we get a lot of that. I mean some of the the accent kind of gets that way too, but not a lot of people here talk like they're from Fargo, like the movie. But <laughs> right. I mean we get that sometimes. Um, but yeah. Well, so, so how close is Fargo to Minneapolis? Like. Because well, Fargo's, Fargo's in, actually in North Dakota. North Dakota, so, right? Okay. Yeah, so it's right over kind of the border, and it's uh, it's like four and a half, five hours away, I think. Okay, it's yeah, it's pretty far. Yeah, it's not close to the city, so. I'm really disappointed that you don't have that Fargo accent. <laughs> yeah, I mean some some of it, some people do. I mean, they get their O's, and we we add little things that kind of sound like that. Some more than others, but I don't know. I've been told I have more, just like a. Midwest, just kind of that, just that nothing kind of accent. <laughs> yeah, that's so. kind of true. Are you have you always been from Minnesota? Yeah, I, I grew up just outside of Minneapolis, and then um, went to school in St. Paul, but been in, kind of living in the cities for about ten years. Okay, okay. Yeah. What is is that the Twin Cities? Is that what that's called? Yep, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Oh, so St. Paul. About, okay. I mean, they're just the river separates them. Um, and then, like, kind of downtown proper of each are probably fifteen minutes away from each other on a when there's no traffic. Oh, okay. Is that where the yeah. Prairie Home Companion is? Is that St. Paul? Yeah, that's that's recorded at uh, NPR. Yeah, oh, okay. In, in St. Paul, yep. Oh, that's cool. Have you ever been? Uh, no, I've never been to that program. They do other ones at the Fitz. Um, I listen to NPR a lot, but I, I've never seen like a taping. Oh, okay. I just thought that. Yeah. Be, yeah. Thought that'd be kind of popular. Yeah, the big office is down there, and that's like one of the like cool things in St. Paul's that NPR is there. But um, what yeah, about? I, think, I mean, what about Prince? Is a little busier. Is Prince from Prince? 
Yeah, so Prince is from here, and then he had, I mean, he had properties down in Minneapolis, too, and then um, his big studios in Chanhassen, which is outside, it's like southwest out of the city, probably like, I mean, from downtown Minneapolis, that's like 25 minutes. Okay. Um, so it's kind of like, it's weird, like you're going down Highway 5, and it's pretty much like, you feel like you're almost going to be in like cornfields, and then all of a sudden there's like, prince's white mausoleum there that's just like (laughs) it's like it's crazy i mean it comes out of nowhere and it's just this crazy looking building i mean it's it's cool though i mean that's where you wanted to have it so yeah i don't know maybe the property taxes were low or something something yeah i mean i think when he passed away like the whole world was like oh i didn't realize he lived in minnesota (laughs) yeah definitely one of the claims to fame the one that the big claim to fame that actually like is down with being from minneapolis because he grew up here and like that's very much like he's about that whereas bob dylan is we try and claim him and then he's like he's like oh no i moved away from hibbing when (laughs) Like when I was at like 16, like, and went to Greenwich Village, like, I preferred not to be from anywhere. Like, don't talk to me. Oh, that's so, funny. I mean, but we still love Bob. I mean, he's, sure. he just got a really cool mural actually downtown um, last summer. I think it was last summer, the summer before. So we still love him, but Prince is kind of I've noticed guy for sure. Yeah, for sure. I've noticed a lot of cities will just try to like, if like somebody went to university in that town, then they'll try to claim that artist or... If their mom's from that town, they'll try to claim it's like so you know what I mean? It's like there ends up being like Oh yeah, it's <laughs> everyone like, has I a claim to Dylan. Guys, like Yeah, I know. There's there's times when like kind of our local media will try and like just like figure out any angle that they can. And it was like I saw <laughs> one that was like Lana Del Rey's like brother like has a house here, or <laughs> it's uh bully. Bully is a big one, but I think she actually like went to high school. Oh, okay. In, in minnesota before she moved um so she's like from one of the surrounding suburbs but i mean the big ones is just like you, you touched on it's like bob dylan prince and like the replacements in husker du right right um, i mean everybody always talks about the replacements too i i read a- hopefully everybody knows that they're from here but oh uh, uh, yeah i didn't know that. that um well uh, what about um um the, probably your biggest claim to fame would be semi-sonic Oh yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, he's. A, I mean, he's a he's Closing a huge songwriter now. I mean, yeah, yeah he actually time. is. And now he like he's amazing. He writes, like yeah, he writes songs for everybody. I was actually funny enough because I was talking to my brother about him. Um, it's Dan Wilson. Dan I Wilson. Think. Yeah, and, yeah. And so I was talking to my brother about him, and I was like, yeah, well, you know, you wrote that big uh, Adele song. He's like, oh no, really? And then I went to his Wikipedia, and he's written songs for so many people like you it's go crazy. out there it's, yeah. it's unbelievable songwriting credits it's kind of funny like i mean that dude is just a hit maker and he's a great like he's a great artist like i mean i wasn't i knew closing time in high school but i didn't really know like anything else and oh it's a solid album because i'm like into that kind of any stuff like i love the gin blossoms and that kind oh, of oh yeah like, i should check music. it out so i mean semi-song that that album with closing time is actually really good front to back it, and now he must like he must live in la right uh yeah does, i have i have no idea not i mean town. he probably i don't think he's like based here at this point maybe maybe i don't know i know they play like i think they played around christmas they usually they're one of the bands that like soul asylum and you know those types of bands will play like the minneapolis hometown shows around christmas oh okay oh that's cool yeah. i didn't know that yeah he's a yeah. great writer and actually that's where there's a really good music industry book that that i don't know ever with if ever got popular but by the drummer of semisonic 
he wrote a book. I don't know if you've ever heard of this book. Um, it came out like maybe 10 or 15 years ago. And it's um, like, it's about how absurd the music industry was in the nineties. And it's a hilarious book and it's really insightful into. Wow, I, yeah, I really want to read that. Oh my gosh, man. It Now I read it, like I said, I read about 10 or 15 years ago. I don't rem- like, maybe my judgment was, I was easier to please back then, but I remember loving it. And um, it talks a lot about uh, Minnesota, actually, and, and and the Twin Cities and where they started out and where Dan started out. And But the book is great because it talks about the absurdity of, like, photo shoots and how much money was spent on the band. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it's hilarious. Like, the guy is, is really funny. No, anyway. it's it's cool because that's why I love listening to those records, too. Like, you listen to, like, Jim Blossoms, and it sounds like an expensive record. And, like... It, they don't sound like that today. I mean, you you mm. listened like a band would never get that kind of money. Oh yeah, like to record yeah. like an album. You know, like there's there's very few that are like popular enough that are getting signed by a major and, and like getting that kind of money. So mm-hmm. those those that's why those records sound so so good. Yeah, yeah, and what and a lot of that stuff from the '90s is, has lasted and still oh, sounds yeah. good. Like all the um, I, I think that I think that's part of the reason. Honestly, like they they're not only great writers, but they got to, you know, they had anything at their disposal. Um, you know, good things can happen. Yeah. That's a really good point. Well, you know what? Let's talk about your label. Um, because cool. that's the whole point, but I, I'm glad we talked about, um, uh, where you're from, because I mean, it, it, the last couple of labels I've talked to actually have been Portland and, and Seattle, but, um, I, it's good to hear from a label that's like kind of off the beaten path of, uh, um, of New York and, and Portland, <laughs> Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, I was kind of curious about the music scene and, and in where you're from and it ha- has Minneapolis been, um, like supportive of, of your bands and like, you know, and, and what you do, do you have a community there? Yeah. Yeah. I think the, yeah, I got asked this recently too, and it, it's hard to describe kind of the, um, I guess just the the scene as a whole in Minneapolis is very diverse. Uh, you know, there's all different kinds of genres of music um, that are going on and that are popular too. A lot of weird sounds too coming out of the city, which is awesome. I'm always looking for something that's, you know, out of the norm. Most of the bands that I'm working with aren't like maybe the most popular that are being played on the current, which is like a staple here um, in the cities. Um, but they're playing more, you know, the sub pops, you know, those types right. of indie bands right. where I'm working with more kind of the DIY scene, um, you know, playing house shows and, and stuff like that. So um, people definitely kind of at the college radio uh, level probably have, you know, more in the know with the bands that I'm, you know, working with and the shows that we're throwing mm-hmm. than kind of the, you know, the the more popular mainstream, sure. I guess, local crowd. Sure, yeah. Um, but that's not to say, I mean, my bands have played, you know, the first half main room and stuff like that. So, um, you know, supportive enough, you know, we get picked up by city pages and, um, and the current will play songs on the radio and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it, it's, always, I've always wanted to have that local presence. Um, and I've tried to release, you know, 50, 50, uh, half the bands here and half, oh, okay. um, not in Minneapolis, St. That's Paul. That's cool. Um, and I've pretty much kept that through the entire catalog. And I, I do think that's important. I like to have, um, somewhat of a scene here and just support my community. So that's, I've, I've kept it that way. 
That's um, great. Both as kind of a mission, just naturally too, because there's a lot of great bands here, and there's great bands, you know, starting all the time. So um, I'm happy to be able to work with them. Is it easier to work with bands who are local, um, just for the fact that you can sit and have a coffee and and that kind of stuff? Like, do you find that, or does it not matter to you? Um, it does, it, it does, but it doesn't because that I don't want to say it, it does completely to all the other bands that I we've only talked on the phone. Um, yeah. And some I get to see every once in a while, but you know, it's always great to be able to say, Hey, let's meet up here. And it's, you know, usually at all of our favorite spots. So we just get to kind of hang out. We've maybe seen each other at shows. We all know mutual people because it's not a huge scene here. So we've heard of each other. um, So the trust is, is like half built kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they can ask their friends and a lot of times they're saying, Hey, can you hear my friend's van? You know, can you, you know, come to this show and see this new band that just started. They have no music out, but I've seen them play twice. Come and see them. Mm, um, cool. So it's that kind of cool thing where um, it's a little bit from the ground up and it's personal. I, I like that too. Um, and obviously, yeah, going gain a, a beer and a coffee, you kind of can establish that uh, yeah. relationship a little bit, solidified a little faster and, um, you know, in a a different way than it is over email or phone. Yeah, that's true. So when did you start the label? Like, how did this all begin? Um, I started, it was, the first release was June, 2012. um, And I was with a local band. I, before that, I majored in print journalism. And then after school, I got an internship at the AV club with the onion here in town. Oh, nice. And that was just like a, you know, for a few months and, you know, beyond that, then it was like unpaid. And then I was, you know, (laughs) just out of school and I felt like I had to like, you know, get a real job now. So I had to like make money. And, um, I didn't want to go into journalism because I, I didn't want to move out of the cities. And, you know, a lot of times you have to kind of move out of market when you're first starting out. It's not something that I want to do. Cause I was in like kind of traditional, like when I came up through school, it was like, okay, you're working in a newsroom, you have editors, like that sort of thing that, that sort of uh, trajectory. So I didn't want to do that. And I ended up just getting kind of like a normal, you know, entry level job. And once I had enough money, uh, I was still kind of writing about music on a few blogs. And I was like, okay, I want to do something more. I want to do something involved with music and I want to do something more substantial than just writing about music and, you know, and and grind it out that Mm -hmm. way. I just feel like I wasn't, you know, I could get a few hits on a blog and some people might read my writing, but I want to be, you know, more hands-on with it. So, um, I saw at that time that was, you know, 2012, maybe like 08, 09 is when like a lot of like tape blogs were out there. And that was kind of like the whole blogosphere, like all those awesome, you know, music MP3 blogs that I followed were kind of coming up then. Okay. And so I looked around and I said, all right, maybe I can do this. And I reached out to, um, some people in town that were, you know, doing labels and just kind of asked what they were doing and researched myself and then kind of stumbled into it, really approached the first band with just an idea, didn't even have the logo finalized, <laughs> had like a name and, you know, they kind of just took a chance on me and um, I, I, I took a chance on them too, because I had nothing to show for it. And that was how it kind of started. Interesting. That's interesting. You came from it. Um from the angle of being a writer how is that uh, i mean that's that's pretty unique i haven't really heard of that um a lot of people it's musicians or it's recording engineers or or, or producers or band managers or most people they're just in a band and they want to self-release 
uh, how is that like it, it, that must be really nice to have that skill of a writer uh, and running a label and, and having the insight into music journalism. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's definitely different. I guess I never really um, saw it that way. I guess I more with what side of me there is kind of what I was explaining. Like I just wanted to do something more and I just like grew up loving all like physical you know, music. Like yeah, I was yeah. obsessive over my CDs. Like everything had to be <laughs> yeah. all perfect, and I like just loved everything about them. Yeah. Um, and I just felt like so when I was writing about music. I mean, it's great. You're getting sent, you know, advances and stuff like that. And it's fun, and you get to know some, you know, musicians on a somewhat personal level. Maybe if you do an interview or something. But um, I just felt like I wasn't like writing on on huge publications like i was just kind of throwing my thoughts into the ether and i was like okay well what can i do that's that's more right that right. i'd be able to like have that connection and and put out sweet stuff i mean i didn't really have an idea of what i was doing even to start out i didn't i didn't know what it would become or if it would even be cool or <laughs> i mean yeah. i i didn't know like i just I I just wanted to have that that further connection with uh, music, and I thought that this was the best route to do it. That's really cool. So, what was um, okay? So, what was the first band, and what was your like vision for distribution? Were you going to be digital only, or were you cassettes like right out of the gate? No. So, I actually that's what's funny. I actually so the first band was Nice Purse. Okay. Um, they've gone on to do other projects like everybody in their band has done other bands. Uh, I've worked with some of their other bands, France camp. Um, Jay was in nice purse. Um, and so I, I reached out to them because they were just awesome. They had been playing shows. They were, they were known in the community. I was, I thought I was kind of going out on a limb being like, there's no chance. Um, <laughs> and then they wanted to, which was sweet. Were you friends with um, them? no, no, wow. I, I actually didn't know them. I had seen them live and I, I didn't know them. I just Amazing. kind of cold emailed them. And then we met up with Jeff and I met up in, in Minneapolis. I remember the coffee shop that we met up at. <laughs> and that was that was kind of it. And That's he, great. he had been through the industry a little bit more on the kind of recording and producing side. He had seen some bigger contracts. He kind of knew the ins and outs of, of that whole thing. Like he was schooling me because I didn't okay. know. I was like... Yeah, do we like sign a contract? I don't know. <laughs> did you do a contract? Do... Uh, I think we did. I think it was more drafted up by like him. Honestly, okay. <laughs> he was like, because he's coming to me. He's like, who the hell is this guy? So I better, I better get something done on paper with this dude that like I don't even know. That's which, so funny. <laughs> which is like one hundred percent fair. Like yeah, at that yeah. point, I didn't have any any idea. Um. So that's how that went. And my when I started, I wanted to do um vinyl only. Like oh, that's that wow. was my that was my whole thing. So like the first our first six releases were all vinyl. And I was like, yes, I'm gonna do this. Oh my I gosh. only wanna do records right out the gate. And I had and I saved up my money to be able to do that, to be like, okay, well, how much am I gonna need from my job, you know, to be able to start this thing that I wanna do? Because yeah. I wasn't gonna ask people for money. I didn't you know, I don't even think GoFundMe or like stuff like that was even a <laughs> yeah, thing. That's right. And, you know, so I was just like, all right, well, if I want to start a business, I have to save up and do it. So that's what I did. Um, Good for you. Which maybe that's the a... smartest or dumbest thing ever. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, uh, maybe like no one does that. I don't know. So I wait until I scrap together the money for the first vinyl pressing. And how many, how many pieces? 
uh, 250. Oh, so wow. when those showed up, that was like the coolest day. I mean, those came, yeah. and I was like, wow, here's a record that I, that I made. I don't know. Did you have a logo and, by then? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, there was, uh, yeah, the logo was on there and, uh, you know, it kind of morphed. I think I had like the URL on there too. And I ended yeah. up changing that, but like, yeah. So that was, uh, the first thing out the gate. Um, and then my distribution was just really like, I gave them records yeah. to, sell shows and then just try to get word of mouth um you know reach out to local publications and was like hey do you want to cover this and i think city pages picked it up and um you know they were pushing on social media and i did for what i had at the time and that was pretty much it and um, i mean okay that's a so did you pay for that all by yourself yeah wow yeah. that's a like that's a pretty steep investment they must the band must yeah. have been so stoked Oh yeah, for sure. I, I'm sure they loved it. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like, who's this dude? I mean, this dude? I mean, as long as, as long as Jeff kind of had some particulars down on paper, I think he was happy. Cause it's like, holy shit, this guy's going to put our record pay for you our know, Oh, he's going to yeah. get us on wax, which we never, that wasn't even an intention or even a thought. I mean, um, it's still today in 2018, it's still a huge deal for a band to be able to do vinyl. It's still like very expensive and very arduous and, and very time consuming. But in 2012, I mean, it was um, really only the, the majors and the elite. I mean, it was, it was still a really tough thing to do. Oh, yeah. I mean, I... Yeah. I mean, in my eye, they deserved it and that was enough for me and they wanted to go along with it. I said, all right, let's do it. So did they have a record already recorded or were you involved in that uh, process? Yeah, it was actually, it was out. They had a local release show for it at oh, that time okay. and then we did it and then it came out and they had another one for it, like the vinyl release and then. Oh, then that's cool. So out, I mean, like for that, yeah, you kind of had to do vinyl like to, to, um, uh, to 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 uh, sorry, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, to justify a a second release, right? Yeah, I mean, it was it was like looking back on it now, like I'm kind of amazed that I did that. Um, yeah. <laughs> that I, and then the fact that I did six of them before I was like, okay, um, maybe not every release, yeah. <laughs> or I need to think about this more because it's a lot of money it, totally. to like put down, it, especially as just one person and. You're not talking about a band that has like, you know, national radio play or anything mm -hmm. like that, or that they're touring extensively. I mean, that was even a worse horror story that we don't have to get into. But I mean, they broke up soon after we put it out. Oh, no. That, I mean, that could have been the end of it. That could have just been like, okay, well, that was a fun little experiment. Yeah. The label is done. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's the rest, the rest of your records. I don't want them in my house. Yeah. Sitting with this memory. And there you go. <laughs> and, um, so, I mean, that's, that's, that's what happened. And um, it was a lot. I mean, and I only worked with local bands. The first, I think the first four, yeah, the first four releases were all local too. So, at that point that's how i thought in my mind that i had to organically grow was you know get a presence in the city see if i can build up that way before i even try and stretch myself outward right so and that's kind of the so why did you okay so why did you um why did you do it again why did you do a second vinyl release um i think just like just the music um that i 
the bands that I worked with then um, were enough for me to justify that I wanted to keep doing it and at least take a few more chances to see mm. if it could turn into something. Um, and the record didn't, the first one didn't do, or the first couple didn't do bad enough where it was like 100% devastating to um, the business as a whole. So I could, I could keep going. Right. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry. I'm just uh, checking my, my uh, make sure everything's working here. Um, okay. So what about like things moved into, I think that's great by the way. I mean, like I'm kind of like dumbfounded by this because I, you know, going back, I, I kind of got started around the same time as you and like, I have never made that kind of a, you're making, you're like kind of putting me to shame here. I've never put that much faith in a record. (laughs) I mean, mean, well, that was like no shame. That was no clout. That was no anything. That was like, I just, I threw it all out there. Yeah. But it was kind of, it was kind of dumb. It was, it wasn't even like making mistakes per se. It was just like not knowing. It was just kind of like, Mm, like yeah. blind ignorance at the whole thing. <laughs> Just like, let's go. Let's see what happens. Oh man. I love it. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because it's like, we. I've talked about this with a lot of people now and it's like running a label is about being in love with an artist or being in love with a record, especially a record. And I've done this once before where a record had already released and I wanted to re-release it because it was my favorite record of the year. And yeah. I, you know, I, I, there's so many records and if it, if it made sense financially, there's so many records where I would press a vinyl, even if I knew that I was going to lose a bit of money or break even just because like I wanted to have that record in my collection. Like you probably wanted to have that nice purse record in your collection. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That that definitely has been, that's been a driver on a, on a few things that we've done. And um, yeah, it, no, it's cool. And that's, that's what you really want at the end of the day. I mean, you're your own, you're your own personal curator, um, as well yeah, as you right. know, to, you know, from the outside, that's, that's what you're doing essentially as a label. You're, you're curating, you, you feel like you're making something whole from all these sporadic parts, you know, what yeah. the internet is. Yeah. Um, but you're also doing that. It, it's very personal for sure. Everything that you're putting out and doing the entire operation really is personal until until you're a label of a size that that isn't that, I mean, there's a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of labels are just doing it for pure love. I mean, I'm I'm doing it to break even. Yeah. I don't. I everything that I make back, I put back in. So, yeah. yeah. Um, as long as I can put out more cool music that I like, yeah, um, that's a win. Yeah, for sure. So, when did you um, shift to cassettes? Because I kind of it feels like that's like more the focus now. Am I right? Um. Yeah, I think it was. Let me see. It was the eighth release. Okay. Um, the eighth was the first tape, um, which is a band I mentioned. They were that was Jay. Um, he was in France or he was in Nice Purse, and then his band France Camp. We put out on tape, and I've also done a record now with France Camp too. Okay. Um, and before when I started, actually, the one of the first people that I met with was Steve, who runs uh, Moonglyph. He's now in the Bay Area. Okay. Um, I met with him and just kind of like, as like kind of a mentor, just like, hey, you know, I really admire your label. Do you want to get coffee? And you can just kind of tell me, show me the robes. Yeah, like, I, that's I just, cool. I just have questions. I don't, I don't even know where to start kind of thing. And he's like, he always said he was really into cassettes and I've always been. And then he's like, oh, well you know, you should just start there. And for some reason, you know, back then I was, I was all gung ho, like, 
I need to do records. Like this is, I want to do vinyl right away. Um, and that's probably one thing that I wish I would have just started on tapes and then worked mm. my way up rather yeah. than doing yeah, like yeah. the inverse. Um, but yeah, it was just a, a natural progression to tape was more just kind of the, the creative freedom and just kind of versatility that they have as far as who I can work with and at the pace that I can put stuff out. Um, just cause you know, vinyl costs a ton. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that sinks a lot of your resources when you're a small label. Um, and you're kind of putting all your eggs in one basket mm-hmm. and the time too. I mean, you're talking four to six months production <laughs> time, you know, when it's good. And then, yeah, you have all that lead up time, yada, yada. But I mean, with tapes, you can say, okay, I want to work with, you know, somebody that doesn't play any shows. They, they never play out live. Um, and that's okay. We can do a hundred tapes and I can treat it just like a vinyl release. We're still going to go after the same press and everything else, hmm. but we can get that produced for, you know, one tenth the cost. Really? Um, and then, yeah. you know, I can get tapes done in three weeks. So right, um, right. that's just something where I can work with more bands, take more chances, uh, work with bands that wouldn't make sense, like on paper from, a, cause you have to think about a dollars and cents at a, at a certain point. Um, it's all about the music and the love for it. But if you're a business and you want to keep releasing, you have to be somewhat smart, but with tapes, you can be kind of dumb. Let's be <laughs> honest. I mean, you can, you can, you can be like, all right, you know what? This one's going to do really well. It's going to sell out in a week, but you know, this other one I might sit with for a year, but that's okay. Yeah. Financially speaking. And just because I love it, I can just turn around and say, you know, what? that's okay. I can justify anything totally. I put out um, in that sense. And and I just love tapes. So, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't want to, I mean, I didn't start with them, but um, I've always loved them and it's a, it's a fun thing to do. So, Well, I've heard a lot. I want to camp out on this subject for a bit because I, I love it too. And, but it's, I, I'm very curious and I've been just kind of keeping my eye on what's going on with tapes. Um, I, I mean, I grew up with them when I was a little kid um, and, uh, and I've been getting back into them in the last, like, you know, maybe four or five years. Um, I've heard a lot of different opinions about the, you know, the defense of for cassettes. Like some people say it's like we, we were talking about like the affordable alternative to vinyl. Um, for some people, it's nostalgia. For some people, it's can't be nostalgia. Like they're just too young. Um, you know, I know that the canvas size for artwork is kind of cool. W- like, what do you love about it? Like, why do you think your fans love cassettes? Um, mm, that's a that's a good question. Um, and I, like when you're when you're someone that deals with them all the time, you to the greater world outside of DIY and just kind of the if you're if you're listening to indie music and you're you're a Bandcamp person and you know kind of the scene and where the industry is right now, mm-hmm. cassettes don't like give you this like jarring reaction. You're just like, okay, yeah, they released it on cassette. <laughs> yeah. To everybody else in the greater world, it's what the hell are you doing? Like uh, I, I don't know. understand. And they think it's they think it's stupid. They think it sounds horrible. But let me put it this way. No one and along with that, the greater world outside of you know labels and artists directly don't know what goes into making a record. Good point. Whether man. that's whether Good that's on, on on any medium, they don't understand what goes into it. And you know, you mm. see you see popular music if you go to our local store, Electric Fetus. I mean, if you walk in there, you think, oh, I'm in a big 
you know, I'm in the indie like record store, like, yeah. And you're looking on the shelf and you see, oh, there's Kurt Vile and, and, you know, these big bands mm-hmm. that I'm hearing on the radio, LCD sound system. Like, yeah. Do you realize how much money is behind them to get them in this store that yeah. you get to get, walk up and buy them? Yeah. Um, oh man. Good I think point. just like a lot of that is a lot of that. They just don't understand. So I'm going off on a tangent. That's away from kind of tapes, but it gets to the Do point it. that, um, you know, that there's a lot of, there's a lot of work, money and time that goes into, um, releasing stuff. And I think that that's, um, goes into why I, why I shifted. Um, and that's, I think that's why listeners are more open to that. They, the same reason why I get to work with the the bands that I do taking a chance on them and having no presence at all is the same reason why, um, listeners can go on Bandcamp and find obscure artists, but still have something to buy. Mm. Um, if it wasn't for labels like mine, you would just get a download. So, I mean, expanding upon that, how if you want zero physical media, which I think is just completely unacceptable, <laughs> um, it's all or nothing, I guess. Yeah. So it, it's it's good to be able to offer something um, than than nothing at all. Well, I mean, there's so many great points in there, and I mean, this was the this is so funny because I I have this question written down I wanted to talk to you about that it's just so absurd. I mean, like I cassettes are fun and i'm so surprised when people criticize them but it's like every time you're right every time like someone hears for the first time that cassettes are coming back it's always like followed by some sort of negative snarky comment like and i i i I wanted to ask you why you think that is but i mean it's that's a really great point to think that i've had so many people say hey like are you going to do this on vinyl and it's i'm like no like I, i don't have Two thousand bucks just so you can have a vinyl, you know, for yeah, fifteen dollars, exactly. and and like I would love to, um, but it's like, yeah, you're. That's a really good point. I think there's, I think there's, I think there's a level of um, classism and elitism too that goes into those negative comments, which is mm-hmm. probably yes, you know that's, that's a completely that's a completely other conversation. But I mean, those people, I think just, and I. I so some of those complaints, I hear them. I get it. I I mean, I want certain records on vinyl too. I, I collect records. Yeah. Um, it's 2018. I listen to music any way I can. I listen to tapes. I listen to records. I have a Spotify account. I have, you know, when I listen to my car, you know, I'm not bringing around a turntable. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, what, yeah, do, what totally. do you think? I mean, yeah. I have a car that's, that's 2011. I mean, I have a, I have a plugin. I have an aux cord. Yeah. I mean, that's, I listen to any way I can, but I think just negative comments are just, it, it's just blind ignorance and they just, well, they don't, they don't know. And whether it's malicious or not, they don't understand. I think those people, what goes into making any physical media, whether it be tapes or vinyl. Yeah, no, that, that's a really good point. I honestly had never thought about that before, but I think you're spot on with that. And you know, the other thing too, is I, I I've, I've said in defense is it's like, if somebody wants to support, music if they want to buy music in one in in whatever format they feel like like why are we criticizing that you know what i mean like if somebody wants to buy a record on a pancake like i'm not going to say anything like that's thank you for supporting us thank you for supporting the artists and i just i'm like i can't believe it when somebody in the industry like criticizes people who buy tapes it's like they're buying records and that's great exactly 
yeah, would you rather have them just going on YouTube and listening to yeah. it? I mean, yeah. give me a break. I, I mean, know. It's, they're supporting someone and, you know, when it when it comes down to it, yeah, they don't cost that much and you maybe you're like, wow, this is really cheap. But, you know, to someone like me, every dollar counts. Every mm-hmm. dollar is going to go to another release. Um, that's just going to further, um, you know, more artists and, and more art to be out there, you know, and yeah. I'm trying to push more music and have more people hear it. So every dollar matters. Well, and speaking of every dollar, I mean, it's a huge impact on shipping as well versus vinyl. Oh, absolutely. Massive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with luckily in the States, if we're shipping domestically, it's media mail so that if you ship through USPS, it's actually really affordable for each. Wow. Um, but it gets there. It's like, they have like a different delivery window for that. It's like four to seven business days, but oh, okay. it usually keeps it under like, Three dollars and fifty cents for one. That's awesome. One tape or one vinyl, so that's nice. But you're talking, you know, if I'm shipping to you or if I'm shipping to anyone overseas, then yeah. it gets absurd. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, but but even vinyl is is way worse. Like most of the times when I'm on Bandcamp or on a even worse on an artist website, and I add a vinyl to my cart, and then shipping to Canada is usually more than the vinyl. Yeah, 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 I see that too. And there's there's rare, luckily there's rare cases where I have to get stuff overseas, but I'll splurge if I have to. And but hopefully I'm going through like Juno or something where I can get a good overseas rate. But yeah, it's a killer. Well, I mean, but sometimes you have to have the music for yeah, sure. So and I, I think there needs to be a bit more going back to your uh, epiphany about you know some of these um, fans and just not having any understanding about how. Uh, physical media works and they don't need to like it's not like they're ignorant it's like yeah it's not it's, it's not, not their I'm job not to know anyone yeah. for that. no no but, and i i wouldn't know either if i wasn't involved, totally so. totally but yeah. i think it, it would be good to, to kind of casually um educate them a little bit because you know i feel bad when i post a vinyl online on Bandcamp and i put you know for europe it's gotta like i got if i put 20 dollars to ship to europe i'm still eating uh, shipping costs like it's still going to cost me 26 or 28 bucks and i so i still eat like eight dollars of that so anytime i ship a vinyl uh, overseas i'm either losing money or I, like we've completely broken even um and so yeah, i'm usually like i'm honestly pricing stuff so i just like i'm like making cost on the physical item Right. I'm just making yeah, the money exactly, back. Exactly. And yep. and I just but I I hope that music fans and there's a lot of music fans out there who who will tip you on Bandcamp but they don't care what they pay for shipping and they want you to take all the time in the world. They're really great. I just want to I just really do want fans to know like that you know these exorbitant shipping costs is the, it it has to to do with like the media, like the size of the media and the way that you know United States Postal Service or Canada Post works. Yeah, I see those comments a lot. Like you'll see on on Twitter too, especially like you know, band, like labels of my size. Like, mm-hmm. will you know if if someone's complaining, then we can just reach out because it's not like we're just like right. Hi, it's like one person, so <laughs> <laughs> right here you're talking directly to us. So we're gonna see what you say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the execs but, at Forge I mean, Artifacts. I, <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean that's that's me. It's not a it's not a company. It's just Matt, just Matt. So it's me. Here I am, yep. and I will answer your question. I am the shipping guy too. I'm so, the shipping guy. <laughs> um, so, but I mean that's fine. I mean people will reach out and just say, "Hey, man, I I wish that I could charge you less, but this is just the the bottom line." Um, you know, I try and and work around that too. I've worked with a few um, people. Um, Philippe who runs uh, United Cassettes, he's right. trying to put together like a good, you know, community-based thing where he, I'm shipping, you know, bulk orders of tapes to him. And even if it's only five, six copies of each, if I'm sending those, um, you know, one, one-time box for 50 bucks, but I'm sending him 50, 60 tapes, that's really helpful. And then yes, I can direct sure. people there and say, hey, if you're in Europe, you can get it from him at the same cost that you would um, getting it for me if I was saying it to Wisconsin. I mean, that's, amazing. And so that's, that's what I like a lot. And I, and you know, we have a good relationship there. I've gone to them um, to Japan with the same purpose and things like that. And that's, I wish I had more places to send, but um, it's a good start. And yeah. I think, you know, United cassettes could turn something really cool. I mean, um, Philippe and I have been talking and, you know, he always, he's an idea guy. I mean, he yeah. has, he just wants to try new things and he thinks that there's something worthwhile if we all band together. And I, I completely agree. And that's, I think that's one small step of bringing that community together because we're all online. It's all global. So we have to find a way to bring the physical global to yeah. on a reasonable scale Great because point. really the, I mean, between here and, you know, Slovakia, the, the people listening are probably, you know, much in the same boat. They're looking for tapes because that's what's affordable to them. So I want to make that the same and not just penalize them like, oh, well, I can send you this tape, but it's going to be $19 to ship it or something like that. Something yeah. ridiculous. So um, that yeah, is a really cool just thing. one cool way to bring everybody together. And it's, it's great too, because I mean, I, I love to kind of um, hear about what's happening with that because we have essentially, I mean, all of the independent label people that I've talked to um, are, you know, obviously so supportive of each other. There's like zero competition uh, amongst the the indie labels, like the, the you know, the um, average size indie labels. And mm -hmm. um, it it's like, we're all ambassadors of, of this, you know, physical art. And it's like, I would, I would gladly have a hundred tapes you know, sitting in my closet and anybody from Ontario who wanted one, I would ship them one, you know, gladly just because of that, that whole thing, because if somebody was doing the same with my product in, in Italy or, you know what I mean? Or in Norway, I yep. think that's so cool. Yeah. I think that like some labels have, you know, and, and some will even today, like they'll have a distro section, um, that they're just like stocking their friends or just like close label friends in that way. That's so um, cool. I just, I, I like to make it more advantageous where it's like different, you know, regions where it's like, I would love to have someone in Canada that can do that because I, it makes no sense, especially because we're in Minnesota. It's like, okay, I can hit you with a rock. Not, not literally, but give me <laughs> yeah. a break. And yeah. it's like across the border and it's like three times as much to ship. Yeah. You. That's oh, it's brutal. You know? I know. So yeah, it's, it's like, brutal. I just want to find creative ways to do that. And I think it, it's cool that, you know, certain labels do it, but my grand ideas and what I've discussed with a few is just to make it more like a, like Philippe has the right idea of doing the United cassettes where it's a bunch of labels under an umbrella, like mm -hmm. kind of make it its own entity and also its own kind of 
one-stop shop and destination yeah. where, you know, if you have just random labels destroying, you're not really going to figure that out unless you're kind of Good in point. the know and you like, yep, you're digging. That's true. But if you had a place to go where it was more like a marketplace for that purpose yeah. or, and that it could be curated too. I mean, it, it might not be a free for all for everybody's label, but right. you know, you know, we do a curation as labels, you know, it might be curated on that level too, where it's, X amount of labels, and then you're always seeing their releases, kind of thing. Yeah, and that's just you know that's just something that like goes through my head. Like it, that could be a really cool thing. It's kind of like how I, um, you know, saw blogs, you know, banging together before they were utterly destroyed. Altered Zones was so cool. Like I think that was in like 2010 or 11 that that oh, got okay. destroyed. But it was basically all the coolest blogs that I read all came together. Oh no, for, way. Like, I didn't one, know that. Like sweet like entity um but yeah it, it's kind of the same idea i i've seen different distros i think captured tracks does one where they're kind of under like a label group and i think that's really cool yeah we had um we had something here in canada weird distro i think they're closing down now um and i think that their initial um um their initial vision was i i didn't follow it too closely but i believe that they wanted to have like touring bands help move product across the country like okay. so kind of like kind of interesting yeah it was kind of it was kind of cool i don't know if that ever worked out i think they were doing mostly tapes they did some was it vinyl. like a traveling so like a traveling like pop-up shop basically y you know what i'm not really sure i th no i think it was supposed to be like bands would deliver um product to the record oh, really? stores like independent record stores oh, okay. while they're okay, on tour makes sense you know, Sweet. I mean, if it's everything is domestic, it's not like an issue. And if it's yeah. tapes, then I don't know. I, I can't remember what happened. They ended up having to shut down this year. But um, the, yeah, I mean, I think that whole thing is really cool. And P your fans, like the, the people who follow Forged Artifacts are, they trust you and your tastes. And we talked about that at the beginning. And so they would totally trust that, you know, you're, you're choosing these bands, but if you're also choosing labels that you support... Uh, and the artists on those other labels, then um, the fans would, would be welcome welcoming to that as well. No yeah, doubt. I think I, I yeah, I definitely shout I, I shout out labels all the time, and I I like to share their music. Like when they have big posts about records that I really like, you know, I'm not afraid to you know share that. I think like once you get to a certain level, I think they try and be like so branded and just like okay, this is the label. We're only going to share like these X these updates it's on like right, an algorithm right. basically right right, um, right but i want to make it seem like you know an actual person behind it and i think that's a lot of the a lot of the labels on the level that i'm at um kind of make that where it's like you know it's it it's a person behind that it's it's kind of their it's their identity to, it's an extension of their identity is the label um, yeah absolutely where it's not like a full team per se it's really just like a vision and someone you can actually talk to yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, I've noticed that with you on, on Twitter and, and, and a couple other labels too. And, um, I think that has the, the best success for sure. That's just yeah, kind of the cool. trend today. It, I, you know. it's, yeah. It, it's what I've seen and what I, what I really clung on to. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it was, it probably happened less like early on or like a few, even a few years ago. Oh man. Um, but when it yeah. did, I was like, Oh man, that's really cool. And it, like, why not? I mean, what's, 
Why can't you? Oh I mean, yeah. Everybody's fighting sure. the rules. No one knows what they're doing. Let's <laughs> yeah. let's just put that out there. Yeah. <laughs> no one in the music industry knows what they're doing. I, no one at any level. I believe. We're all winging it. We're I believe that nobody in any profession in any industry knows what they're doing. <laughs> no, no one knows. I mean, if they, if someone, if someone in the industry says, Hey, come along with me, I have all the answers. You better Leave. run. <laughs> you better just like run, like sprint, like yeah. run away. It's true. Listen, some of the coolest conversations I've had with labels who are way bigger than me and have, have achieved, you know, the, the type of thing I would dream of, I, you know, through this podcast, I'm asking them like, what's the secret? Like, how do you get this contact? Mm -hmm. How do you get that? And they just say like, I have no idea. Like at the, at a level that's greater than mine, you know, yeah. they still don't know. <laughs> it's still well, that, that's that's humbling too. oh it so feels you, you it's, so think, like, it's so great it's so great to hear I, so i'm not i <laughs> so it's okay that i have no idea i don't have yeah. to have those worries yeah but literally no one knows so that's good yeah because it's it totally feels like some days i feel like did the does the press like specifically ignore my emails? Like, do they see Scott's <laughs> name and other songs and go like, "Oh, fuck that guy!" Like, I, you know I mean, that's what oh, it feels man. like. Yeah, it's yeah, I it can feel like a, a conspiracy. Like, it's like you're like, like they're all out to get me. Like, they're yeah. all CCing each other and like forwarding my email. And, Don't like, respond like, to like, his sending email. like funny funny gifts and like attaching them and like yeah. making ridiculing me. Like, no, yeah, everybody's gonna everybody's gonna have negative thoughts for sure well I mean, somebody said um i can't remember who i was talking to it might have been um it might have been james from fox food but um somebody was saying how um uh, they were talking to a blog like a mid-sized blog and they were saying that they get like over 100 emails a day like press releases and yeah. it was like a mid-size like not even not even like a a, a, a bigger blog or a bigger website and it's like, it, it made me realize that like when I send these, e like my emails out to the press contacts, it's just pure luck if they see my email, let alone oh, yeah. respond to it. Yeah. Just pure absolutely. luck. Absolutely. I just, mean, I just absolutely. happen to be in their line of eyeball in the list. <laughs> like I, yeah, I mean, I'm convinced like some, some people I'll reach out to and they, I like, I have a relationship where they get back to yeah, me even yeah, if they like same. it or not. Yeah. And it's like, even in that case, it's like, you must like have me in, they have to have filters. Oh, like, oh for sure. They, they probably add like favorite contacts. So they see stuff and it goes to the top. Like I, I was, you know, you see those ones where like a writer will like take a screenshot of their inbox and then, oh, like yeah. tweet it out. And <laughs> it gives me like hardcore anxiety. I'm just like, Oh my God. Like I cannot, yeah. I would go mental. Like if my, if my inbox said over a hundred, oh, yeah. that means I would have been dead for like a year. Is the, the, the the peeps who get like a hundred emails like there's some great records in there like from good labels like yourself and from other labels and big labels like they it must Absolutely. stress them out that that there could be possibly missing some of that stuff because there's a lot of crap i'm sure but yeah i there's 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 a lot in common with i think uh label runners in general and then uh writers yeah like, that's true that, they're getting some of the same emails i mean it's the it's it's an equally thankless job in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, yeah. um, I don't mean that like, I'm not looking for things. Like if my bands hear this, like you guys don't have to like text me and ask me <laughs> if I'm okay. But I mean, that's, it's, I mean, you, sometimes you don't get that, you know, that kind of response. And I know it's the same for a writer, you know, they work very hard to do what they're doing often at 
no cost to yeah. them. I mean, oh, it's for sure. The only it's just themselves, their their pure passion and talent yeah. and their time. Oh, for sure. So that's yeah. what they're putting in, and I think that's amazing. And we wouldn't be nearly, um, you know reaching as many people as we are today if it wasn't for the writers Agreed. and the blogs that have backed me up you know from day one Agreed. um a couple of examples the gray estates gulf lake paint if mm-hmm. i didn't like mm-hmm. if and i came up at the same time that they were just starting yep. and then you know we didn't have a lot of followers they didn't have a lot of followers but you know what we had each other and we we fostered that relationship and now you know look where we all are now. It, it's Absolutely. really cool to see that kind of come up and that support and that's how it all starts. And then you have a community that's all, you know, getting bigger and that's, that's really cool to see. And that, and those are some great examples. I love those, those blogs. And it's a, also a really good lesson for people who are starting a label now and, and who are, you know, um, trying to build their, their roster and build their brand. Um, and there's a lot of blogs out there who have like, you You might look, go to their Facebook page or their Twitter and they have like 20 likes or, or 30 followers. And you think like, and they wrote about your, one of your releases and the, your, your gut reaction is to be like, oh, well, doesn't really matter. It's just some college kid with a blog, but you know, yeah. there's a, a chance that that blog, first of all, they took the time to do it. So don't be an asshole, but they, they, there's a chance that they're going to stick around next semester and then the next year. And then there, that following is going to grow. And, and, um, yeah, it's just, that's a good lesson. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it works both ways. You should never think that you're better or bigger than anyone. Totally. Really. I mean, just be, be honest with your expectations. Just like, just think about put yourself in their shoes when you're starting out, when I was starting out and I was nothing and, 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 you know, the drummer of that band knew better than me to get us down on paper. Like, I didn't even know. Like, mm-hmm. there's lessons to be learned, you know, from from the beginning of anything, really. Um, whether that's going to be a career in writing or you're starting out a label. Um, it can work both ways. That writer, you know, the next semester could end up at Pitchfork and still wants to cover your releases. <laughs> I you know. Might, you, might, it, it, you might put out the next record that's, you know, by someone that's headlining Coachella. And guess what? That writer has full access to you because they took a chance on you. So it can work that same way. And it's not, I mean, there's a lot of negativity that people will, will talk about in the music industry, but at the end of the day, there's a lot of just people um, that are passionate about what they're doing. They're not doing it for money um, or popularity. They're just doing it because they love music and they want to be involved in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it's, and it's good to always think about that. Yeah. There are the bad ones, but there's bad ones everywhere. So that's a good mean, point. Don't don't sweat bad experiences. Hey, let's go back to for, to tapes for a sec. Um, so, um, here's what I want to ask you. So, your tapes are printed and duplicated professionally. Has it always been that way, or did you st- did you do do any like um, you know DIY print at home? No, just because when I when I was starting, I didn't have a clue. Okay. Um. So just by necessity and like a timeline, I was like, okay, I need to get these out who have people worked with. And then I got linked up with national audio company and I haven't looked back and they're amazing. And I only do stuff through them. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I I think the DIY model and I've done it uh, twice now is it's good because you can print on demand. So you can basically just have blanks lying around. And then if you get an order, you, you print on demand, but like um, economically it's, I don't, it's not really any cheaper. 
like to because you have to go and buy like you know 20 tapes you have to have them shipped to you you have to buy some cases like mm-hmm. printing like 50 tapes from you know we have a place here in canada but uh it's not that expensive yeah and most of the bands i mean there are those few exceptions that i kind of mentioned that i'm working with someone that doesn't play shows but most of them do and are going on small tours yeah. or at least playing locally quite a bit so i'm taking half those and just and giving them directly to the band. So awesome. um, there's only like a, you know, there's X number that are actually going to be online for sale. Yeah. And now between, you know, that, that band's local fan base and then the outside, you know, wherever, yeah. um, you know, getting off of whatever press we get, um, that's usually enough to get my quantities down low enough where it's not like taking up a ton of space and it just makes sense economically. And um, I kind of like that insurance of doing it pro dubbed, um, you know, you're not getting all warpy and kind of having your fun with like different <laughs> speeds or anything. Oh my and, gosh, uh, it's just, true. Just letting them just kind of do their magic, and they they've been amazing. Um, you know, it's like my account rep. Like I just email like a person, and yeah. that's it's, it's yeah. It's it's great. They're, I don't know. I, I love working with them. They're a cool place. And there's definitely like DIY is fun and it's cool. It has its place, but um like it's really rewarding to have like a pad stamped cassette and like you know, yeah. properly folded J card, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I did I did do one C the one C D R I did um was early on. Okay. And I actually got like a stamp and yeah. then uh like like cardboard yeah i've done to that too and did the whole like the sticker front and then <laughs> did the stamp back and everything yeah and that was fun for like one time yeah exactly <laughs> that was like that was good and then but like i've had inserts where um france camp is an example that uh james in that band he screen printed uh 50 posters for the first 50 records and so there's there's been stuff like that or like yeah uh polaroids and and stuff like that that That's we do cool. extra but nothing like i have not in the tape tape or vinyl no last year i saw a big end cap um display of tapes uh, when i was down in the states in buffalo um uh, I, uh this big end cap of tapes and walkmans at urban outfitters do you oh, want yeah. do, do you want to see tapes <laughs> become more mainstream do you yeah, want to not i mean yeah do you want to see tapes that like, grow similar to what vinyl is today? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, you can get all jaded or whatever, but let's be honest. I mean, this wasn't ours. I mean, this is, <laughs> yeah. tapes have been here, vinyl have been here. I mean, if you're getting weird about that, That's just like good. give me yeah. a break. That's I mean, true. it's. I mean, <laughs> as as a vinyl collector, um, do I have those kind of snotty snarky remarks sure but right. that's, that could be saved for another conversation like do we need <laughs> do we but i'll throw one out i mean do we need red hot chili peppers like a triple lp like being released yep. re-released yep. on record store day for 65 dollars? like i don't know um <laughs> it is are something's getting out of control yes um but i mean that that gets kind of stressful record store day when you're in vinyl production that can just get harm i think that that ended up harming a lot of um labels of my size and drove them toward i think that's one of the biggest drivers for interesting us tape and i think that's the same thing for a lot of um a does, lot of labels does that of, affect of does, size. does cassette store day affect you like in the it was that the summer or the fall um it's in the 
fall. Yep, yeah, because yeah, and does that affect RSD, like that's, production? That's in April, and I think that's no, no, okay. No. That no, that doesn't, and so it's not to that point yet. And record, and then now people are like, you know, they'll have the comments about cassette store day and say, oh well, yeah, blah blah, that's stupid. Like, are we really going to do this? Do we need to be picking back off of right, you know, right. store day or whatever? But I mean, we have a we have an awesome record store in town, Dead Media, ran by some of my buddies, and they actually they sell probably more tapes than they do vinyl, and they were like the no only way. spot in town to do tapes. And so they throw a cassette store day party. I've gone and DJed a couple times. And oh, it's cool. always just like a it's always just a fun time to go out there and like we grill out and that's you know, it's a it's a cool shop and it kind of like fosters that that tape community here. Um, which yeah. is really cool to see. So I know some label uh, brick and mortars are brick and mortars are, you know, clinging on to it. I don't care if it gets popular. I mean that's yeah, I would love I would love like some distributors to to start shipping them. Like I would like personally as a music fan, as a music buyer, when I go to the record store, I mean here in Canada, I've talked about this before, but here in Canada, the prices of vinyl is is quite high due to like import fees and stuff because most of them are pressed in yeah. America, and um, so most records that I'm going to buy are like probably the the lowest price would be like 26.99 or 29.99 oh my god and then like any like double vinyl would be into the 30s for sure for sure for sure oh my god that's Uh, so expensive it's tough it's tough but i still you know i'll still buy quite a lot of records um but because of that i would love to go and i still love going to a record store but I would love to go in a record store and flip through tapes even if that meant that you know imports were 12.99 or or whatever, fourteen ninety nine. It's just an easier pill to swallow, and it's still really rewarding to to take home a, a like a brand new tape of a band I'm excited about. Yeah, I mean that's and I, I see that more here. I mean, Dead Media is kind of like our our diamond in the rough. I mean, they they were doing it since the beginning. Like they always had tapes, and they were before kind of this so called boom that we're seeing in tapes and kind of a more consumer acceptance i guess of tapes and it's kind of coming around and being like a cool popular thing um but they're you know some of the bigger places in town some of them won't flat out they they're just like no i mean i'm not gonna get up tapes from you like go (laughs) away yeah but then even like electric fetus they have a tape section um which is cool because they're they're probably the most heavily trafficked you know they're they're like the they're probably the outside record store that people know that aren't from Minneapolis is the electric fetus. Mm-hmm. And so that that's cool to see that they've adopted that or at least allow floor space for it. Yeah, that um, is great. But yeah, I mean, there's, there's a few exceptions, but it's kind of like the smaller ones, but they're going to stock and they, they sell a lot of tapes. That's the thing. I mean, dead media sells a lot of tapes. They sell a lot of bars. Um, I've noticed that. Which is cool. Yeah. I mean, I think that's great. I've noticed that uh, for some um, uh, record store managers, like indie record store managers, some of them are kind of of the camp that we talked about at the beginning of this um, chat about, you know, where they're a little, they don't understand cassettes. They don't really understand, um, you know, why wouldn't you just do vinyl or why wouldn't you just do CD? Um, but I, but I am seeing that turn a little bit, you yeah. know, and allowing floor space and shelf space. Yeah. Well, I mean, they can they can free up some room and 
take down some of those Steve Miller and Frampton comes alive and make some room for some uh, tapes. Empty on the box set, the CD box set section. They don't need that. That that dusty dollar bin. I mean, just throw it out, man. You don't need that. (laughs) The DVD section can go. That's the 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 DVDs. I mean, you can, yeah, you can just give them all to me. I'll just take, just swap. I'll bring in some tapes. You just throw some DVDs in my trunk. (laughs) Do you guys do digital of your records? Like I know you do Bandcamp. Do you do streaming or anything? So, yeah, I had, um, so kind of back to that label group kind of thing. I did when I was, I think that was like 2013 or so, 14 maybe. Um, uh, French Kiss label group started to come up and they had some labels on there that I looked up to. And then, um, I got in with them for my digital distro through the orchard. So that gets all the releases on, um, Spotify and iTunes and all that. So oh, cool. I do do digital distro and that's kind of, you know, some bands, like if they want to just do their own, that's fine. Um, others, you know, just convenience, I have it. So I do that for them. Um, so yeah, I, I do do digital. Is it successful for you? Like, uh, or is it just um, like an extra thing to have for, for fans? I think it's, mm, it depends. It depends. There's been big ones that have gotten like good streaming traction, but I mean, good streaming traction, relatively speaking is a few hundred dollars. So, um, it's not like breaking the bank probably on a per band basis, except for maybe a couple outliers. Right. So to all the rest, that doesn't seem like a lot, but when it's, when it's all of them and then me, like probably like the little bit that I'm able to put back in the label is helpful, um, but it's not breaking the bank for anyone. I um, I love it when when tape labels like yourself all like offer. I mean, that's where I kind of got into the Bill Waters record was on um, on Apple Music just because I I didn't buy the tape at the time and I I really wanted to hear the record and I wanted to have it like I didn't want to just stream it on a website and so I I think it's I like having it because obviously I'm going to buy vinyl I'm going to buy tapes when I can and you know shipping's an issue here but. Um, I, I, it kind of annoys me whenever like it's a physical only release and I can't hear it just because I can't, you know, justify the shipping price. Yeah. There's a couple of, I think when I started out, I didn't want to like mess with digital only because of like my preconceived, like accounting headache that I thought it would be, right. but it's actually really easy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that little bit of streaming and because all my deals, I mean, I I'm fine saying this. All my deals are split 50, 50. I mean, that's just, Oh, cool. I mean, that's how it is. It's really clean. It's, it's more community driven than anything. Um, I, and probably more than a disclosure, like I'm not like, I have a full-time job. Mm, I mean, aside from the label. Yeah. Who doesn't? And I, yeah, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not funding myself from the label. So it's nothing like malicious. Literally every dollar that's made back on the label is going back into art. So, you know, I've had situations where bands are like, Hey, whatever we see back from this, just put back in. Oh, wow. I've had artists say that, that they're like, I don't, I don't need the few hundred dollars that we're seeing from this. Just put out something else. Oh, wow. I've had people say that. So that is incredible. Um, you know, and there's there's others that are looking for that money back, obviously. But I mean, that's there's there's the dichotomy. You know, bands. If you're listening, but, I mean, that's a really great thing to do. <laughs> yeah, every please, band should do that. The little money that we make back, just give it to me. You know, that no, makes a difference, like, though. That makes a, a huge difference because, yeah, you're, it's not going to pay for like a new condo or anything. It's well, no, I thought that was a testament, and I'm very transparent with everyone that we work with, like. 
how the money is going and at any time they can see what's happening that's because great. that's like the horror stories that i see it's like you see you know the big horror stories with the big labels like they're withholding yeah. music or yeah. they're they're taking money it's like holy shit i don't want to be this like this like scrooge this horrible like like bad like yeah, yeah. label exact kind of like guy like i'm not like that so like how do i do that be as transparent as possible and don't be a, don't be that guy well I and guess, the reason why that's me getting off in a tirade and probably swearing <laughs> I mean, the reason like, why don't that's be that guy totally the reason why that's important is because goes back to what you were talking about with the music fans not having a an understanding with how how expensive it is to do physical media and and, and the cost of mastering and whatnot what i've realized is that a lot of artists are um are in the same position they don't like a lot of artists in the music industry have no idea what it costs to do vinyl oh no yeah no that's true that's true too and like i i completely understand and that was that's a good point because i wanted to bring this up is that everybody wants their music on vinyl and trust me everything that i've put out i want on vinyl <laughs> yeah, so agreed. this is not like i mean that's nothing it has nothing to do with the quality of if i choose to work with you yeah that's that's the deal yes not yes. not what physical media we end up putting it out on um i want to work with you and i believe in the music whatever whatever tangible object that's created really it reverts back to just the music i want to work with you because of your art so having said that i mean that's why i want available digitally too is that i don't i don't withhold certain mediums or things like that and the difference between tape and vinyl to my artists is really it's there's no difference in how i'm pushing that record mm -hmm. or how much i i like that record or what they mean to me at the label and hopefully to those you know that they're seeing from the outside they shouldn't a listener shouldn't say Oh well, a band's better because the label wanted to do vinyl and they wanted to do tape with this. Every situation is going to be different, and that has nothing to do with it, really. Yeah, that's a great point, man. Dude, there's been so much um, awesome stuff that we've talked about here. I love it. I, I think you have some great insights, and you you have a good, um, a really good position in all of this. It's easy to be jaded, but. Um, it's and it's difficult. You try not to be. I mean, I I like to be too. I I liked my fair share of shit talking. I have plenty. To, <laughs> I have plenty to say. I mean, obviously, I'm not short on words. I, I have my opinions about literally everything. But it's hard to be. It's hard to be generous, and it's hard to be, um, uh, you know, compassionate to. And you are. I think it's cool, man. I mean, once you when you hear those horror stories, you. I mean, some people are like, "Hey, how can I take advantage of that?" I just want to be like how can I make this like the best situation possible for anyone that ends up like working with me? That's amazing. I, I love your label. I, I think you do a great job running it. I love the new logo. Um, the new look Thank of you. things. I love the, I love the records. Uh, I've gone through a lot, um, over the, since we've been talking, especially in the past, like three months, I've been, um, trying to, trying to dig into them and I want to dig into them more. Um, are you, are you happy? Like are, what's your dream for the label? Yeah. Oh man. I don't know. I probably had like, I think now it's like a much more content feeling um, than cool. maybe like two years ago, two or three years ago where I felt like I had to like do more. It's kind of like that, that rush you get of maybe like a big release you want to keep going and you want to turn into something. And 
I mean, it's better to just stay humble and, uh, you know, let things happen mm. and organically grow. And I've always kind of like had that in my mind. It's like, don't rush things too much. Just organically grow. Get a couple more fans with each release kind of thing. Like, oh, yeah. Just kind of slowly yeah. building off that. And I'm much more, I'm content of where I'm at. I, I, we have some amazing that we're going to be working with. I just hope it can, as I, get bigger and you know more people take notice that's just more people listening to music and at the end of the day that's all i ever wanted anyway so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um more ears the better uh hopefully um people like what we're doing it's fun to hear the encouragement and just you know let us know who you're liking um kind of thing and, yeah um it, it, it's good to, it's good to hear that and but yeah I, i'm content where we are i'm happy with the label and kind of surprised we got this far i mean it's we're <laughs> yeah like it's that's 62 huge releases which is crazy wow. um yeah. so yeah six yeah. years yeah i mean that's great yeah. man it's I, I definitely and and you know um just when i when i first kind of came up with this idea of wanting to talk to uh, other labels um i had i had been following you on twitter for the the past year or two and uh, you know you were in the like the top five in my mind of like i want to talk to this guy and i, I want to i loved just how the way you represent your label on especially on twitter you your personality it, um cool hopefully it's, it's good hopefully i'm not embarrassing too many of the artists are like <laughs> oh no label dad's at it again he's he's going off on some tangent well i can't speak for them but i appreciate it <laughs> cool thanks <laughs> i appreciate that too thank you for more information on Matt's label, go to forgedartifacts.com. That's spelled F-O-R-G-E-D-A-R-T-I-F-A-C-T-S.com. You're just going to Google that, but whatever. Um, check out their label, an, an incredible label, and, and they have a lot of cassettes on Bandcamp. Actually, they have a lot of cassettes that are sold out, so good luck. But anyway, uh, make sure you, you support one of uh, their artists and, and check them out on, on streaming as well. Thank you so much for listening. Please uh, support the podcast by visiting ebook.otherrecordlabels.com. If you're an independent artist or an independent label and want to get some information about how to get featured on curated Spotify playlists, this is a great book. And, I, and I'm, I'm saying this honestly. I've read it. I love it. And, and it gave me some, some really good insights. Check out ebook.otherrecordlabels.com uh, for this book by Work Hard, Playlist Hard. Use the coupon code OTHER for a 10% discount. Thank you for listening. We've got so many great labels that I've been, uh, interviews that I've been working on. I'm excited for you to hear it. Please subscribe um, and call your mother. She misses you. Thanks.